Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening and welcome back this is sgr number 64 um, I told you guys on the last episode, you might be getting some uh, little bit more random episodes um, throughout the course of this offseason, depending on you know what takes place. Uh, we've had a lot of shit go on in the NFL over the last 48 hours. Um, this week has been quite a whirlwind. Uh, not only do we have veteran players getting released um, from their current contracts in order for teams to uh, create cap space in anticipation for next week's free agency period, but... We have had uh, three major uh, dominoes in the NFL offseason as far as the quarterback market uh, fall over the last 20, uh, 48 hours, like I said. And I you know, had to do an episode on it. So I'm going to talk about um, the moving pieces that we've seen. And uh, we're going to start with the Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, precursor, I'm uh, recording this Thursday, March 10th at 4 p.m., if you guys don't get to this episode until the weekend, there may be some more moves that come out. But today's episode is mainly going to be focused on the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Carson Wentz situations and what we can uh, anticipate, you know, how these things are going to impact the rest of the offseason moving forward. So Rodgers, the headline, the main guy, uh, makes his decision to come back to Green Bay. You know, I'm happy with it. It's good to see. I think this was the best decision for him. Obviously, best case scenario for the Packers. Um, looking back on it, you know, trying to break down, anticipating was he going to leave? Realistically, in the NFL right now, where could he go that he has a, a roster that's this good and an easier path to the playoffs? Now, I know these elite quarterbacks are not afraid of competition. At the end of the day, you have to beat all 31 other teams to win the Super Bowl, theoretically. But in that um, NFC North, you know, he pretty much walks into a divisional title every year. The Vikings are not in a position to challenge right now. They're, you know, a slightly maybe above mediocre team at best right now. New head coach, not sure what to expect in year one. And then you've got the Bears and Lions, who are both uh, essentially in complete rebuilds. Uh, so Rodgers, I mean, I think it makes all the sense in the world for him to stay in Green Bay. Four-year deal, uh, 20 mil is what was reported. That shit's not confirmed, guys. If you listen to what Rodgers is saying publicly, he even put out a tweet about it saying, like, hey, just so you guys know, I am officially coming back to the Packers, but – this contract that's being reported, that's false. Like, we have not officially agreed to terms yet. We have not officially signed the deal. So all these networks out there, ESPN, you know, all the big um, media outlets that are uh, talking about this $200 million 
guaranteed in the 50 mil year and the the mar- market resetting for quarterback contracts and how Rodgers is selfish and this all came down to money. They can all blow it out their ass because they don't know what they're talking about. Um, again, just, you know, creating narratives, um, clickbait, you know, headlines, excuse for Stephen A. Smith and Dan Orlovsky to yell at each other on ESPN every morning. It's just stupid. You won't see it on this show. Um, but the Rodgers did sign him to an extension or are ex- signing him. It's it's official that he's coming back. So we'll move on with that knowledge. Rodgers is not going to Denver like a lot of people were talking. He's not going to go over to the AFC. Really, it'd be a tough move to go over the AFC right now because of all the young quarterbacks and um, – you know, with Brady possibly being retired, I'm still not ruling that out. Rodgers is clearly, I mean, even with Brady in the league, Rodgers is the best QB in the NFC. And now he's just got even less competition out there. Um, the Packers also decided to franchise tag Devontae Adams. So Rodgers has his boy Adams back for at least this year. Adams will be getting paid about 20 mil this year on a one-year deal. And then they'll try and work out an extension next year. I don't anticipate I, – I think obviously Rodgers will be pissed if they can't find a way to keep Devontae. And I think as long as Rodgers is there, Devontae will want to be there. So I see him, you know, staying in the green and yellow for the foreseeable future. Uh, but it is troublesome as of right now, time of recording on Thursday, March 10th. Uh, Packers are minus 49 mil against the cap right now. And free agency starts Tuesday at 4 p.m. So they've got some work to do still as far as cap manipulation, contract um, restructuring. You know, a lot of these teams are able to create cap space seemingly out of nowhere. I'm starting to think that the cap really doesn't even matter. It's all a fugaze, uh, imaginary dollars out there that don't really exist. They're just kind of moving numbers from one column to the other. You guys have all seen the Matthew McConaughey, um, Wolf of Wall Street scene. It's a fugaze. So I'm not worried about te- when you say a team's minus 50 million cap, whatever, next week they'll be minus 10 somehow without cutting anyone. The Saints over the last two weeks have gone from minus 72 mil to minus 41 mil. They magically cleared $31 million without cutting anyone. So We'll see. I mean, this is, it's just, it's all bullshit right now. Um, let's move on. I mentioned that Rogers, I mean, that's really all we have to say. He's staying put. There's not a lot to say. It's not a drastic change. He's in green Bay. Congrats Rogers. You're a lifer. Um, I mentioned that he's not going to Denver. That was like the main landing spot that a lot of people were putting Rogers in Denver. Um, Basically, less than two hours after the Rodgers decision came out, Denver went and made a trade for Russell Wilson. You guys know this. It's not breaking news. But this is this is insane. This is the one that we did not see coming, right? Because people were talking about Wilson possibly being on the trade block, but there have been mixed reports coming out of Seattle. Just last week, Pete Carroll said, we're not shopping our quarterback. Then the GM said, hey, we're not shopping him, but we are willing to take offers. So there was a lot of – inconsistency coming out of uh, Seattle towards the media. A lot of inconsistency from the media in general lately. If you guys have noticed how many inaccurate reports, how many conflicting reports have come out, it's getting really tough um, to be able to uh, figure out what you can believe and who, which sources are actually accurate these days. It's crazy. Um, But you can believe everything you hear on this podcast. That's for sure. I never get anything wrong. 
Russell Wilson's Denver Bronco. This is very interesting. Details of the trade. Denver gets Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth round pick. Seattle gets a 2022 first round pick, ninth overall, and a 2022 second round pick, 40th overall. They also get a 2023 first round pick and a 2023 second round pick and then a 2023 fifth round pick. They also get three players, quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, also referred to as Blanc in past episodes of this show. His career hasn't really panned out like I've hoped. And then defensive tackle Shelby Harris. So I'll recap that again. Denver gets Wilson in a fourth this year. Seattle gets Denver's next two firsts, next two seconds, a fifth, and then three players, Locke, Fant, and Harris. It seems like a lot, and a lot of people want to say that Seattle, you know, fleeced Denver and won this trade. But in my opinion, you know, all those picks, those are potential assets. Drew Locke, probably not going to be a long-term solution at quarterback. It's a big question if he even starts a game for Seattle this year. Uh, Noah Fant, I think, still has potential to turn into an excellent tight end. He's gotten off to a slow start in his career. It's been a difficult situation with no quarterback in Denver, but now uh, might not have any quarterback in Seattle. We'll see. Shelby Harris, fine defensive tackle, good player, um, not a superstar. So you get three, like, meh players at best. No disrespect to Harris and Fant. Um, and you get a bunch of draft picks. You give up a Hall of Fame quarterback to do that. And we've seen these teams recently take a team that's on the verge with a good roster, good weapons around them, missing that essential quarterback piece, uh, like the Rams and the Buccaneers over the past couple of years, plug in a Hall of Fame quarterback, or I'm not ready to put the gold jacket on Stafford. I think it's easier to make the case for Wilson. Um, but Stafford is is getting there. And if he has more success in L.A., he could be a gold jacket guy. Um Wilson, in my opinion, gold jacket guy as well. So Denver plugs a Hall of Fame QB into a team a roster that's pretty ready to go. If you guys have listened to me, I'm I've been on the Denver bandwagon the past two or three years. I they just they've needed a QB and Drew Locke wasn't the guy. He didn't turn into the guy. But that's a loaded roster. They've got a lot of weapons. Uh, the offense. Um, you know, with Russ there, it's looking like they've got a lot of weapons here. Judy, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. Um, they lost Fant, but their second uh, year tight end, Albert Okwegbunam, is a guy. Uh, he looks like he could potentially be a contributing starting tight end for that team. It's a lot of weapons. Melvin Gordon's a free agent. They're most likely losing him this offseason, but Javante Williams, second year running back out of UNC. A uh, high second round pick. This team traded up to get him, and he's looked great. Um, I believe second in the league in in uh, missed tackles or broken tackles last season. Even though he was splitting the workload with Melvin Gordon the whole season. The point is, Wilson goes into a pretty good offense where Seattle, you know, outside of DK and Lockett, they didn't have much. The running back room was inconsistent, often injured. Chris Carson's a good player, but again, uh, missing a lot of time lately in that neck injury. I mean, we'll see if he even comes back to be the same player at all. Elijah Penny had a good second half, but uh, looming free agent this offseason, likely Seattle doesn't resign him. So um, Wilson goes into a better situation. The thing is uh, he goes into a tough AFC West division 
Um, we are going to get Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes twice a year. We are going to get uh, Russell Wilson versus Justin Herbert twice a year. We are going to get Justin Herbert versus Pat Mahomes twice a year. Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. He is a slightly above average NFL starter, in my opinion. He does he gets shit on too much. He's a capable guy, probably not a Super Bowl winner. Um, but he's he's disrespected and underrated, in my opinion. That's a great division as far as offenses. They're gonna give us some really exciting games going forward. I mentioned in the Rodgers segment that these elite quarterbacks don't look directly at interdivisional competition. Um, it is interesting to see Wilson go to such a loaded division with such good quarterbacks, specifically with the Chiefs being an absolute powerhouse. Um, I think they've won five or six straight divisional titles. But uh, it's going to make for some great football. It makes for some great drama. Let's go back to the Seahawks perspective for a quick second. Um, Seattle, I mentioned, you know, they got a bunch of draft picks in this trade. Let's take a look at their recent draft history. You know, it would be great if they could go and hit on some of these draft picks. You'd say that's a lot to rebuild. You know, they, they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, so maybe they can get another quarterback. I don't know. They, they kind of um, struck gold on that one. The Seattle in their last 52 draft picks have only drafted three pro bowlers. Um, they're Shaquille Griffin, DK Metcalf, and their punter, Michael Dixon. So only two skill players, one on offense, one on defense, and a punter. No disrespect to punters. Pat McAfee would be disappointed with me right now. But 52 draft picks, three Pro Bowlers. They're not hitting on their draft picks, specifically the last few years. So what are they going to do with all these draft picks? It's kind of back to the point, if you can just go and get a Hall of Fame quarterback and make your team an instant contender, I'll take that over these prospective draft picks that realistically only have a 50% chance of turning into a starter, even if you're good at drafting. And then you put a front office like Seattle in charge of these picks and your percentages of hitting lower even more. So it doesn't look good for Seattle right now. I will say that they're plus 49 mil in the cap. They're going to need it because they're cutting people and there's even more trade rumors on the same day that they got rid of Russell Wilson. They cut uh, nine, um, eight time pro bowler, Six-time, excuse me, eight-time Pro Bowler, eight-time All-Pro uh, middle linebacker Bobby Wagner. He was the second-round pick um, in the 2012 draft, same draft that they got Wilson in. So they've had both these guys the last 10 years, got rid of them both on the same day. Yes, Seattle wants to say they're not in the middle of a rebuild. Okay. All right, Seattle. Bobby Wagner's gone. Uh, he signed a three-year $54 million contract in 2019. He was due about $18 million this year. By cutting him, Seattle um, occurs a $3.75 million dead cap hit. So they saved uh, almost $14 mil by cutting him. Uh, again, back to it, they're a plus $49 mil in cap. So this team obviously trying to get younger on both sides of the ball, I guess. I don't really uh, – I don't know. I mean, Bobby Wagner, another potential Hall of Fame player. If you ask me, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, listen to this. Six-time first-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time second-team All-Pro in a 10-year career. What more do you want from the guy who's been a uh, two-time NFL tackle leader? 
he's a stud and uh, he's immediately the best linebacker on the free agency market. It will be interesting to see where he goes. Bobby Wagner, if you are for some reason listening to this podcast, come to Philly, brother. We love you. We would we would appreciate you. We'd treat you better than anybody else, baby. But uh, Bobby Wagner going to be able to get a big paycheck, you would think. You'd think he would go to a veteran team that's ready to win. I think that guy deserves another chance at a Super Bowl to compete. Off the top of my head, I don't really have any suggestions for landing spots. I will be getting you guys a free agency preview uh, later this weekend probably. I'm probably going to bang out three episodes this week. Uh, because free agency starts on Tuesday. So we'll talk about that more. But Bobby Wagner, surprising to see cut. Financially, it makes sense. Uh, but this is definitely a rebuild for Seattle. Um, last thing on the Seahawks, there are rumors currently um, about Tyler Lockett possibly being traded. There's also rumors that they're very much in on Deshaun Watson. Now, uh, this whole episode is focused on quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, Watson was going to come up at some point. I just can't give you guys any information. Watson, there uh, apparently is going to be a court hearing of some sort uh, announced Friday. I'm not a lawyer. I don't remember the legal terms or the exact situation. Again, it'll probably come up on one of the episodes later this week, but I don't have more info now. Just keep your eyes peered. You know, check your Twitter this weekend. There will probably be some sort of news on Deshaun Watson coming soon. Um, but Denver now has a quarterback. Seattle now doesn't. Seattle's been linked to Watson along with a handful of other teams. About half the league has been linked to Watson. The Panthers, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Eagles. Um, I, I will put this out there. The Dolphins last week came out and said Tua is our guy, at least for this season, which I believe. Mike McDaniel, if you've heard him talk about Tua, he, he's definitely – I think he'll be great for Tua. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> so um, recapping the Russ situation real quick, how it affects Denver. Um, I did just want to talk about, I saw their Super Bowl odds move from about 25 to one to 13 to one after trading for Wilson. So they are getting respect in the gambling market. And I think it's deserved. You know, the defense is very good, especially the secondary, the secondary strong and young and ready to go. And I mentioned the, the weapons that he's going to have around him. Uh, Russ is clearly better than Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke and all those other guys. It's interesting for Denver. They're definitely in the um, category of competitors right now. So let's move on to the uh, final um, domino that has fallen over the last few days. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. My, uh, my old flame, my old love affair, um, traded from the Colts to the Washington Commanders. It's uh, very difficult for me to say Commanders. I cringe every time that I have to do it, and it's not a, a habit yet. So, you know, some Redskins and some football teams might slip out here and there, guys. I mean, we all know what that team is. They're the fucking Redskins still. Um, Washington gets Carson Wentz. They also pick up a 2022 second round pick, pick 47 overall, and a 2022 seventh round pick. However, they give the Colts uh, their 2022 second round pick, pick 42 overall. So they basically just swipped, swapped second round picks, uh, pick 47 for pick 42. Um, so the Colts move up five spots in the second round. And then they're getting a 2022 third round pick, pick 73, and then a conditional 2023 pick. 
this pick will be a third round pick in 2023. But if Carson Wentz plays at least 70% of Washington snaps this season, it will become a second round pick. The Eagles had a um, very similar trade clause in place when we dealt Carson to Indy, given his um, injury history. Um, teams are putting these incentives into the trades. So uh, the Eagles situation was that we got a 2021 third round pick and then a 2022 pick. It was a second rounder that if Wentz exceeded 75% of the playing snaps would become a first rounder. So very similar deal. Wentz did eclipse that 75%. So the Eagles ended up uh, getting a 2021 third and a 2022 first round pick, pick 19 overall this in this upcoming draft for Carson Wentz. Uh, while the Colts got um, five uh, draft spots in the second round, a third round pick, and either a third or a second in 2023 for Wentz. So obviously they took a bit of an L. The Eagles, in hindsight, it looks great getting – a first and a third for Wentz because obviously his market has deflated. This is interesting. You know, I'm a little bit emotionally torn. Obviously I've had over a year to distance myself from Wentz. I'm not as bitter about the ending in Philly. I still don't like it at all. Um, you know, we hop in a time machine back two or three years and this is not how I saw things going for the Eagles, for the Colts, for Carson Wentz, for the Redskins, for any of these teams. I this is it's quite a whirlwind here. Um but Wentz, you know, going to Washington, I guess it makes sense. Washington was super aggressive making trade offers for the other quarterbacks that were available in the market. Obviously, Rodgers was the bell of the ball, but not many teams had a realistic shot in getting him. If Washington thought that they could land Aaron Rodgers, they can go fucking run their fat ass into oncoming traffic, Billy Madison style. But they were making aggressive trades to uh, for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson wasn't going to waive his no trade clause to go play for the Commanders, so that wasn't happening. Wentz was kind of just the one that they, the next guy that they could potentially land, um, kind of the last one at the dance without a partner type thing. And Indy was clearly out on him. It's unfortunate. You know, he didn't have a terrible season. The stats look better than he actually played. 23 touchdowns, six picks, but he had a lot of dropped interceptions, a lot of very risky throws that just fortunately the ball bounced the Colts way. But he could have had a lot more turnovers throughout the season, which could have potentially not even gotten the Colts into playoff contention. Um, the front office was unhappy with his decision decision to become unvaccinated. I'm not going to give my political vaccination takes. It's unfortunate that team owners and front offices are taking that into consideration, but it's a reality of um, the world that we live in in 2022. Um, so the Colts were done with Wentz after the way that the season unfolded. He played pretty bad against the Raiders in week 17 and played terribly against the Jaguars in week 18. They missed the playoffs. They're not happy. The Colts, in my opinion, are looking for more of a game manager. We use the term game manager negatively, but at times it can be a really effective thing, especially for a team with such a strong offensive line, running game, and defense like the Colts have. Um, Jimmy G is the rumor for the Colts. Jimmy G is, um, I guess, the top, uh, 
you know, remaining domino at the QB position. We will talk about that more at the end of this uh, episode. But for me, the Colts, I think their decision to get rid of Wentz was more so they could get a guy like Jimmy to, you know, hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor 30 times a game. I guess there was reports that Wentz was potentially checking out of called runs at the line of scrimmage, checking into pass plays and, you know, Frank Reich and the Colts, you know, the Colts want to give it to Jonathan Taylor over and over and over again. That's the formula that they need to stick to strong running game, strong defense. We've seen the 49ers win with that formula with Jimmy G. I think it just makes the logical sense that to, to get a guy like Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy won an NFC championship game, passing the ball eight times against the Packers three years ago um, because they had just such a good run game and defense. And that's a lot of the similar way that the Colts are built right now. So I see that being a probable move. The Colts actually have $71.6 million in cap space, the most in the NFL. They don't have much trade capital, um, at least early on, because like I said, the Eagles have their first rounder, but they did just pick up, um, you know, they moved up in the second round and they picked up a couple additional thirds. So they could potentially offer something to the 49ers. I think it would most likely, eh, no, the 49ers won't get a, a first round pick for Jimmy G. They'll pro- it'll probably be a second to third round range, I would think, probably second round pick. So, I mean, that gives them the ammunition to do that <clears throat> if they want to do that. I want to circle back to Washington real quick. Um, mentioned that they, uh, you know, what they're giving up in terms of draft capital. I also want to mention they are eating all of Wentz's contract. Wentz is still playing under the four-year $150 million deal that Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles signed him to a few years ago. Uh, the Colts ended up picking up most of it. Uh, and then Washington ended up picking up most of it from the Colts. So Washington is paying all $33 million owed to Carson Wentz in 2022. Washington, uh, after making this deal, now sits at plus $10.3 million in cap space. So they have a little bit more. They could bring in some guys, but I don't expect them to make any splash signings. They actually spent quite a bit last year in free agency, bringing in William Jackson, Curtis Samuel, and uh, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, but Washington, I mean, to me, you know, this is strictly about branding to me, in my opinion. Washington was not going into this season with their new mascot, new logo, new team name, new the whole rebrand um, from a team marketing perspective. They weren't going to put Taylor Heineke or some scrub level quarterback out there. You know, say what you want about Wentz. He has very high highs, very low lows. A little bit turnover heavy, not great with ball security. Holds the ball too long. Looks to extend plays sometimes instead of taking, you know, the easy, just kind of throw it away or, you know, live to play another down type mentality. He's like, look, we got to fucking score a touchdown on this play. And if we don't, we got to score a touchdown on the next play. That's how Carson Wentz plays football. Um, They will make... I think Washington is more okay with that than the Colts. You know, the Colts, like I said, want that more conservative ground and pound matriculation type uh, football where they're going to grind out their opponent. Washington just needs to sell their fans on something right now. So they needed a guy that they at least can put a positive spin on that he's going to be a starting quarterback. And there is a narrative out there. Most people have turned on Wentz, but there is a narrative to be spun that he still has a lot of upside and I think he does have a lot of upside, but he's got to get better about, you know, protecting the ball or else teams are going to continue to give up on him, unfortunately. 
Um, I'm doing, I think I'm doing really good at like keeping my Eagles bias out of this episode. So that's most, oh, real quick, the uh, Washington football team, um, their Super Bowl odds didn't change by drafting for, uh, by trading for Wentz. Didn't change at all. Just wanted to mention that. So I'm going to try and get through this uh, real quick last three minutes, talk about the available QBs left. I mentioned, you know, this is a domino effect. And so now we look at Rodgers, we figured it out. Wilson, we figured it out. Wentz, we figured it out. There are still a number of teams that are going to need quarterbacks. The Colts are in that category now. The Steelers obviously need to figure it out. I don't know why I'm blanking. The Panthers need to figure it out. There are a number of teams here that need quarterbacks. We look at the available free agents this offseason. Mitch Trubisky is a guy that's getting a lot of smoke. Spent last year in Buffalo. Flamed out in Chicago under Matt Nagy. Nagy since fired. People want to give him another shot. We'll see. I'm not sold on Mitch. Maybe he does deserve another shot, but I don't think he's special. And then we got guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton. So looking at some, you know, a bit of the crumbs here in free agency, there are some guys available, you know, with trade rumors, trade talks. Obviously mentioned Deshaun Watson earlier in the podcast. Let's put a big old asterisk next to his name. Again, let's look for the legal news this weekend. And then as far as trade targets, Jimmy Garoppolo will definitely be traded this offseason. Like I said, Colts, uh, Steelers, I think, make the most sense for Jimmy G by far. If he goes to Carolina, I don't see that working out. Side note, Christian McCaffrey trade rumors in Carolina. A lot of shit could happen this offseason. We look at the other available trade targets at quarterback. Gardner Minshew is a guy that I don't think is getting enough conversation. Played really well in two starts in Philadelphia this past season. Showed glimpses in Jacksonville on a bad Jaguars team. Has a lot of gusto, a lot of charisma. Could step into a locker room like Pittsburgh, I think, and immediately be loved by the team. And probably play well, definitely better than a guy like Mason Rudolph. The Steelers cannot start Mason Rudolph this year, whether they draft someone, trade a fourth-round pick for Gardner, which in my opinion might be the best option at this point if they can't get Garoppolo. They need to figure out the solution. Outside of that, two guys that I will throw out there, Jordan Love, now that the Packers have extended Aaron Rodgers, he will most likely be traded at some point. It's just difficult to gauge the value because he hasn't done anything yet in his career and he's still on a rookie deal. And then let's end the let's end the episode talking about Nick Foles. Nick Foles is still under contract in Chicago. Justin Fields is clear of the starter. Hey, put Nick Foles in Indianapolis. Get him back with Frank Reich. Run it back Super Bowl Fifty Two style. Little Philly Philly. We'll see how this shakes up, guys. But I'm gonna end the episode here. Love you guys. Appreciate you listening. Stay tuned for more this week. Ramble on. <laughs>